Fox News Podcasts presents the Brett Bear Podcast with Fox News Chief Political Anchor Brett Bear. Tonight we speak with some relatives of American citizens still believed to be held hostage by Hamas terrorists inside Gaza. They're in town to meet with President Biden. Joining us tonight, Ronan and Ornan Nutra, parents of Omer Nutra. Adi and Yael Alexander, parents of Idan Alexander. Jonathan Dekelhen, father of Sagi Dekelhen. Ruby Hen, father of Hitai Hen. And Hitai's brother, Roy. Also with us, Liz Neftali, great aunt to Abigail Moore Idan, who was released November 26th. Thank you all for being here. I know this is a tough time, and I know you have a specific message that you want to deliver to President Biden. Uh, I want to talk about each one of your family members who's believed to be held hostage. Uh, Jonathan uh, Sagi, uh, last seen where, and tell me something about him. Well, Sagi is 35 years old. He's the father of three little girls, a newborn, a two-year-old, and a six-year-old. Um, he was last seen on our kibbutz, kibbutz near Oz, on October 7th at 9.30 in the morning. And from the testimony of hostages that were released uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we do know uh, from within, from inside the tunnels, that he has been, uh, that he is alive. Uh, Adi and Yael, um, Adi, uh, you're the father of Idan. Uh, tell me about him. Idan um, uh, grew up in Maryland, actually, uh, moved up to New Jersey, graduated uh, last year from Tenafly High School, and he uh, uh, chose to volunteer to IDF. He was uh, kidnapped uh, October 7 from his post, from the IDF post. Um, and since then, we have uh, no additional information about this abduction. For a mother, as you watch all of this, um, what are you thinking? And what's the message to Americans tonight? Idan is my oldest son. He's 19. And um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to having the... It's Hanukkah now. It's the season of it's. I'm sorry. I'm too nervous. Oh, I'm it's sorry. It's okay. It's tough. It's really tough. You know, Hanukkah is a celebration, and it's a celebration. It's a, it's a, it's Family miracle time. is happening in Hanukkah time, and every night we are lighting the candles with his sister Mika and his brother Roy, and I'm just feeling sad, but full of hope that something is going to happen, something good, and he will return home and everything will be good. But, you know, I'm just, this is the hope. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, it's hard. Ronan, Orna, uh, tell me about Omer. So Omer was born in New York uh, one month after 9-11. I remember that day. Um, and uh, I remember that I couldn't believe that this was happening, as I can't believe that this is happening to us now again. Um, you know, to some extent, he's like an all-American kid. He loves sports. Um, I think what's special about him is that he's a real connector. 
He really likes people. Um, I, I think if you asked him what his favorite thing to do is to just stay all night awake with his friends. Um, we're both dual citizens. And so um, he was accepted to Binghamton University, but decided to defer his school. And uh, he went to Israel on a gap year. And he connected deeply with, uh, with the country, with his peers, and he decided to volunteer to the IDF. And he was taken from his post. Ronan, when he volunteered for the IDF, what were you thinking? It wasn't easy for us, <clears throat> but uh, as Israelis, uh, Americans, we served in the army as well. It's a, it, it's a reality in Israel that we all live with. And uh, the difference was that uh, he had an option. And uh, it was a tough option. He, he made a decision after much deliberation, uh, which we, of course, uh, supported, uh, but we didn't push for. So it, it, it's hard for us to, to think about him uh, doing the right thing for the country and being on the wrong place on the wrong time and being captured the way he was and, and taken into Hamas. And we're doing everything we can to try and bring him back. Yeah. Ruby, uh, tell me about your time and um, when he was last seen. So I'm a uh, New Yorker. Uh, grew up in public school, did uh, NYU. Have been living in Israel the last couple of years. Itai uh, uh, also went uh, to the IDF, protecting values of the Western you know, society liberty, democracy, happened to be on the border of Gaza. He was abducted, kidnapped October 7th. He's the uh, typically life of the party. He uh, is a kid that is multi-talented, you know, sings, dances. He also uh, was in the uh, Boy Scouts till the age of 18. So he has that mentor, you know, spirit inside of him. The vision that I am trying to keep is that, you know, he and knows how to do uh, card tricks. Hopefully he has a deck of cards with him as, like you know, with the other people that are held in custody somewhere, hopefully passing time and you know, some card tricks when waiting for us to kind of bring them back home. And you've got something, passing time. Yeah, so it's something, uh, a message, the visual message, the idea that after 67 days, we don't have time. They don't have time. Each day that passes by, the probability of getting U.S. citizens back home is not good. And any meeting that I have with officials, Congress, White House officials, senators, uh, Israeli officials, international officials, I put this on the table to try to emphasize the fact that you're going back to your family, you're going to have a nice dinner, we have an empty chair. And it's holiday season now, Christmas is coming up. We want to be whole. We don't want to wait for the administration or anyone else to tell us, well, let's talk again after the holidays. We don't have that time. Raise that up just a little bit, we'll get a shot of it. Uh, that's very visual, and obviously it tells a story in and of itself. Roy, thing, Roy tell me something about your tie. Tell something about his tie. Ties. Something very funny about it is that he really, he really loves basketball and he loves it so much. Sometimes he goes to the court. Even when he comes back from the army, he just, go, he just never skips on going 
to the court and playing for a couple of hours. Sometimes I go with him, sometimes we not. Even if I don't come with him, he still goes to the court to play basketball. So something that is really, it's really passion for him. Just adding at that. So I'm a New Yorker, so I'm a cost, I'm a suffering New York Knicks fan. <laughs> so Roy inherited my love for the Knicks. Problem is he tied, decided to be a Kobe Bryant fan. So he became a Lakers fan. And isn't that what kids do? <laughs> That's right. One team versus another. Liz, uh, there is obviously a very bright story. You're the great aunt of Abigail, four-year-old, who was released. And she's so beautiful to see that video. Uh, but there's a horrible part to that story as well. Well, Abigail is a miracle because she survived both of her parents being murdered. Um, on October 7th and she's a miracle because she crawled out from under her father's body and made her way to a neighbor's um, home and they took her in but she's also a miracle because then this mother and her three children and Abigail were taken hostage by Hamas terrorists and they were held for 50 days and we prayed that Abigail would be taken care of by this woman and not be separated. And I will say that people all over the world, different religions, different races, literally all over the world, have sent to us and our family prayers and shared their prayers with us and with all of these folks. Um, and Abigail is a miracle because she came back to Israel um, after 50 days. And, you know, today we're celebrating Hanukkah, and Hanukkah is a celebration of light and miracle. And we have Christmas coming up, which is a, another celebration of miracles. And I look at all of these people here whose children have not come back, and I pray and I ask people who are joining us and watching to pray for the miracle of Christmas, that we should have these young people back home with their families. And I, I just say that Abigail is the light for her family. She is that beautiful four-year-old who runs around and hugs people and plays soccer like her big siblings and jumps in the pool. And we have that. And, and, and that is, for all of us, a blessing. And I really look to my friends here and now my family, and I, I pray for them to have that blessing as well. Yeah, you stand in solidarity with them as they as they wait. Just to go back to what you said at the beginning, she crawled out of, from underneath her father. Yes. She was in his arms when a Hamas gunman shot him? Yes, so Abigail was in her father's arms, running with the two, the six and the ten-year-old, and the Hamas terrorist shot and killed him. And he fell over, and the, the older siblings thought that she had died also. And they, locked, they ran home and locked themselves in a closet for 14 hours. But what we learned from an eyewitness a few days later, because of all the confusion, all the craziness on the, um, in this community, was that Abigail had actually crawled out from under and gone to a neighbor who she knew. And they had taken her in and put her in their safe room. And the husband had gone out to defend the kibbutz. He had been injured. And while all of this was happening, an eyewitness actually saw this mother and her three children and Abigail being marched off the kibbutz by Hamas terrorists. And then we didn't know anything about Abigail or this family for 50 days. We'll continue right after this. Jonathan, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of prayer. There has to be anger. There has to be um, some feeling of is enough getting done. 
What is the message to President Biden that you bring? Well, I would say this. Um, President Biden and the administration as a whole have been amazing partners in this struggle to get all of our loved ones back. Um, great efforts have been made. Um, we ask that even greater uh, ones be invested now. These are critical moments. We really don't have time to waste. Uh, but one of the most gratifying parts of this horrific situation is to see that not only the Biden administration being entirely with not just the American Israeli families, all of the hostage families committed to this, but also in Congress, which can be so divided these days, to really have a wall to wall support amongst members in the House and in the Senate. And it is a source of strength for all of us in these dark times. Adi, when you hear of negotiations about ceasefires and all of the back and forth day to day, what, what do you think? I think uh, the hostages um, have to be returned. Uh, this is the real humanitarian crisis, and that needs to happen first. And after that, uh, I think the ceasefire can happen. And uh, that's what I think. And other news coverage of other things that you see day to day here in America, uh, Ronan, what do, you, what do you think of it? Well, obviously there there is news coverage, uh, but but then sometimes we are so surprised that people are not aware that they don't know that there there are eight American hostages. They're not aware that there are still 138 hostages left behind. This is a, a huge humanitarian crisis. The Red Cross is not allowed to go in is not there, we have no sign of life. Some of the people there are wounded, injured, they're not getting medicine, they're not getting any visitation rights. This is, this is a horrible situation that needs to be resolved as quick as possible. We don't have time. Like Ruby is showing, the, uh, the clock is ticking and every day some of them may die. We gotta act. Orna? I, I feel like we're reaching this boiling point right where i'm afraid it's it can be too late you know we try to keep up hope i heard ruby talking about itai playing cards you know we, we try and keep up the hope and tell ourselves also stories you know that keep keep us up but the truth is that we hear from people that came back from there that the situation is dire that they're kept under the ground in the dark no food we need to do something about it Yael, uh, Idan, uh, strong, can withstand this stuff. What's your thought about him in captivity? I know my son, and I know he's strong. He's a professional swimmer. He's, uh, he's a cool guy. Like, Idan is the coolest, you know? Love extreme, ex extreme sport. Like, he's doing everything. But I, I'm not, I, I don't, I, I hope that he's okay. You know, it's 67 days. And, 67 days. And the people that came back and got rescued from there, they're telling all these terrible stories. And I'm thinking about Idan. I hope that he's okay. You yeah. know, this is the hope. We all do. Okay. Um, Ruby, is, do you get a lot of outpouring of support? from your community? Have you had 
uh, people reach out? Yeah, it's been enormous, the amount of uh, support that we're getting. I'd actually like to move that question to the international community and where the U.S. is getting its support. And, you know, we feel that the United States as the uh, leader of the free world, you know, there are different players in this ecosystem that can be doing more, and the U.S. maybe can push a bit more, specifically Egypt, Qatar, uh, other players that have influence in order to get a deal done. It's like the uh, U.S. and the international community need to be the adults. They need to hammer out a deal that is acceptable by the international community and tell the kids, so to speak, okay, sign the, the dotted line, get the hostages out, which is a humanitarian crisis, as well as what's happening in Gaza. Let's not forget the Palestinians are also hostages of the Hamas terrorist organization. It needs to end. And you it needs put, to end to today. You put the blame on Hamas, obviously. For sure. But, you know, we all live in an environment that we are influenced. Every single one of us at home. Like, each one of us has a boss. Each one of us lives in a community. Each one of us has uh, influence that can be made on them. And the question is, how to influence Hamas to get to the negotiation table, as well as the state of Israel, by the way. We should point out that there are other American hostages not represented here. Mm -hmm. uh, Hirsch is a 23-year-old from Chicago who was at that music festival. Uh, Keith is a 62-year-old from North Carolina, uh, seized at a kibbutz there. And Gotti, 73, uh, ambushed outside their home. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure you all speak with for them as well. You know, Liz, you mentioned Hanukkah um, and this festival of lights, a joyful celebration, and it's a miracle. It, it goes back to the reclaiming of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem from the Greeks. And, you know, the prayer at the first lighting of the menorah, English translation, includes, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who performed miracles for our forefathers in those days at this time. Right. And I'm sure you all are hoping for a miracle. We now. say this every night at Hanukkah. It's, we bless the candles every night. And we pray for our children to come home for all 137 of them that are held hostage. Mm -hmm. And we pray for our leaders. And we, we ask, you know, everyone to pray for our children and to pray for the leaders and to keep them in their heart as we go into the holiday season. Like I'll, add, I'll add that Abigail is hope. Abigail is proof that when leaders want to come together to make an agreement, people can be released. Abigail and another hundred hostages have been released. And I think that what we are asking for now is for leadership to stand up and to do even more to ensure that the Israelis, the Qataris, the Egyptians, the Jordanians, all the players in the region put enough pressure, and that will come from the United States and from the president and from his team, to ensure that we can have another round of release, which releases the remaining hostages. Mm -hmm. So Abigail and all of these hostages that have been released, mainly women and children and older folks, they have been released. We can do it again. And I believe that the President of the United States and his team are working really hard, but now is that time for us to make that push, because as we've heard and we all hear in the press, 
the conditions these people are in and the conditions that they're living in are not going to be tenable for the next few weeks. And now is the time, Ruby's clock. I'd like to also uh, remember in our prayers the 1,500 uh, people that were massacred, mm -hmm. burned alive, beheaded uh, by savage, savages. Uh, I'd like also to mention uh, over 100 uh, Israeli soldiers that have gone into Gaza uh, to, to find our kids, to find our, our loved ones, and have been killed on that uh, task. And we keep them in our prayers each night, saying thank you to them. And we also like to thank the American forces uh, that are around Israel, ready to act on behalf of the American people. And we know that some families also suffered some losses, and we are sympathizing with our loss. Anyone else, Jonathan? Somebody else. Well, I think every one of us um, who still has a, a loved one who is a hostage has a, a personal vision or a personal dream that in a way is manifest in that prayer, that, that point of light. And, and for me, it would be that Sagi, um, I hope, walks on his own two feet into a room or down a hallway um, tomorrow, today, and his little girls go leaping into his arms. And that, for me, is the miracle that I'm waiting to see. Miracles are, 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 are godly. Um, I in, in general, I think this time around, this is the work of men and women to come together and get all of these people home, overwhelmingly citizens, but also the soldiers among them. They are in captivity because of a savage assault on, on southern Israel. Mm -hmm. um, there is a moral imperative to get them out. If there ever is to be hope, for any kind of lasting peace uh, in and around Israel, they have to come home alive, and that means now. Very well said. We appreciate you sharing your pain, your hope, uh, your message with us. Um, this is not similar, but my son started with a lot of health problems when he was a baby. We were in the hospital a lot, and we used to pray, we're one day closer to getting home. So we pray that you're one day closer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.